Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Yesterday, when I recorded this podcast, we did not yet know the announcement that would be made on the charges for the officers who shot and killed Breonna Taylor. But now we know. It's deeply, deeply disappointing. And yesterday evening, I got on Instagram Live to really break down who was truly, who and what were truly at fault for the murder of Breonna Taylor. And I try to go back and get to the origins of it. And I want you to hear it. It's about a 20-minute conversation that I had on Instagram Live. You'll hear my kids in the background. Uh, there's a moment where our new dog uh, starts trying to bite on me, so <laughs> you'll hear that as well. But I want you to hear the conversation. And uh, later today on The Breakdown Live, I'm going to give us a series of action steps that I think we can take together. All right? Love and appreciate each of you. Hang in there. I know it's tough. It's tough for all of us. The 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 breakdown. The the the, the, the breakdown. The the, the the breakdown. Hello, everybody. I um want us to have a lot of conversations going on right now all over the country, all around the world. Good to see you all. Love and appreciate you. I want us to have a hard conversation um, about who failed Brianna Taylor. What's up, Micah? Good to see you, bro. I want us to talk about who failed Brianna. And it may be even better to say what systems failed Brianna that allowed us to get to this moment. And uh, if somebody asked, did a cop get shot? Yes. I'm going to turn comments off just for a second. And uh, I just want us to focus and I want you to hear what I'm saying for a moment because this moment is hard. It's painful. It's, it's emotional. I, I've had so many people reach out to me tonight to talk about how, how dejected they feel. Um, so many of you have posted and shared Brianna's story. So many of you have have joined in this fight to get justice for Brianna. And when you do all of that, when you do everything that you know to do and someone who should, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I'm, I'm even getting away from the word justice because I've worked now, um, I've worked with hundreds of families who've experienced police brutality and Justice means the balancing of the scales. And the truth is, there is no way to balance the scales when somebody kills your daughter, somebody kills your son, somebody kills your husband or wife, your brother or sister. 
So we're not fighting for justice so much as we're fighting to hold somebody accountable. So there's no balancing the scales. There's no true justice with Breonna Taylor. What we were fighting for, we use that word justice, but what we're really fighting for is accountability. We're fighting for responsibility. And I, I want to I go back a little bit to explain how we could get to today where the attorney general of Kentucky basically files a couple of BS charges against one of the officers for shooting some walls, not for shooting Brianna, but for shooting some walls in an apartment. And so instead of them treating Brianna's life like it mattered, they basically treated the walls like they mattered more than Brianna. And I want to explain how we got there first because it's easy. I think Daniel Cameron, the, who's the attorney general of Kentucky, and I'm not here to defend him. I'll, I'll end with him. I think he's an easy target. He's a black Republican, a black Republican supporter of Donald Trump. Trump loves him. He loves Trump. But I want to go back before it got to Daniel Cameron. First, I think Brianna more than more than anything was a victim of a larger war war on drugs. And I put air quotes around that because police were, and, and as you know, and I talk about this in my book, there really is no war on drugs. The war on drugs is really a war on people. And in particular, it's a war on black people. There's no, there's no lessening of drug use. And the police who are a part of the war on drugs they don't care about drugs. They don't care about drug use or addiction. Every study, every scientist, every doctor knows that the war on drugs needs treatment. You don't solve a you don't solve drug problems by barging into people's home. But this war on drugs has cost tens of thousands, even millions of lives when you think about everybody who's been incarcerated from it. In cities like I'm from Kentucky, born and raised in Kentucky. In cities like Louisville and cities like it all over the country continue, even though we in some places have decriminalized weed and things like that, continue to have this war on drugs. And as you know, police lied on the warrant for Brianna to even justify going into her home. But the entire policing apparatus in Louisville is really based on the war on drugs. And so much of what they do, they only do in black and brown communities. They don't they don't you, you may have heard me say this before. They don't do no knock raids. They don't do 1 a.m. police raids of homes in their own neighborhoods. As you as you've likely seen, every officer who barged into Brianna's home was white. They don't do those in their own zip code. And if you know anything about modern policing, Police are coming from outside zip codes into predominantly black zip codes to be police officers. They sometimes live 20, 30, 40, 50 miles away, and they take that long drive into the city to police people in ways that they would never police themselves. Literally, study after study after study has been done to show that they don't even use those raids. Which those raids are always dangerous. Those raids are, you know, a police officer was shot. Police officers are often hurt in no-knock raids. I've seen senior citizens be killed. 
I've seen children and infants be killed. Even people who may have drugs don't deserve to be killed in those no-knock raids. But Brianna had no drugs in her house. And let's be clear, it's me and you talking here. Let's be real. If there was even a microscopic particle of drugs in that apartment, we would know all about it. There was nothing, no illegal substances. There was nothing illegal or illicit about her life. She was a focused, dedicated woman having one of the best years of her life. She was an essential worker. And they literally barged into her home in the name of the war on drugs in the middle of the night after a hard day's work. One of the things that we can do, and tomorrow I'm going to have a whole episode of The Breakdown Live. Just lower your voice, babies. I'm going to have a whole episode of The Breakdown Live where I talk about what we do next. But I want to explain how we got here, and tomorrow I'll talk about what we do next. But a huge focus has to be on how we reduce the number of encounters that we even have with police. So Louisville did something brilliant. Louisville has now ended no-knock raids. One of the only one of only two major cities in the country to even do that. Your city, more than likely, my city, still does no-knock raids. We have to find out how do we reduce the number of times we even interact with police in any way. One of those ways is through defunding the police. But we have to we have to focus even on how we approach and how cities and counties and police departments even approach the whole war on drugs. Because right now, you you know and I know it's not about treatment. It's not about addiction. It's not about the supply chain. It's about finding ways to be punitive, to be violent, to be brutal against black people. And that's what we continue to have. And that's that's what Brianna experienced, which is what people have experienced all over this country. Um, I need us to understand, and this is the hard, this is the hard part of the conversation, that Democrats and Republicans built this system together. And I'm not here tonight to to rail on Democrats or even to to put Republicans on blast. But this war on drugs, the criminalization of of drug addiction, of the selling of drugs, all that, that was a that was a bipartisan effort. The extreme funding of policing in America. Some of our cities, they have budgets where 50% of their entire city budget goes to law enforcement. If you travel around the world, that number is 3%, 4%, 5%. We have cities spending 50% of their budget on policing. And again, they're primarily doing that in black and brown neighborhoods. And this is what I want you to understand. Most of these cities are managed and run by Democrats from top to bottom in every way. And hold on, y'all call the dog, y'all get the dog. <laughs> Sorry, my dog, my dog rushed in. Um, Louisville has a Democratic mayor. Kentucky has, and this is what I want you to understand. Kentucky has a Democratic governor and Louisville had a Democratic district attorney, Tom Wine, a lifelong Democrat, who is the local district attorney in Louisville, a Democrat. And he is so in the pocket of police that he decided that he was going to prosecute Brianna's boyfriend, Kenny, a, a sweet soul of a man who I've met, who I know we helped raise the money to bail Kenny out. 
And before Brianna's case blew all the way up the way it is today, Louisville's this case was supposed to be prosecuted by Louisville's district attorney. And here's the thing. Instead of Louisville's district attorney prosecuting the case, he recused himself and and gave the case. Louisville's Democratic district attorney, Tom Wine, recused himself and gave the case over to the Republican attorney general. Now, here's the thing. He failed us. To, to, today, Attorney General Daniel Cameron failed us, failed to do anything of substance, anything of note in this case. But a Democrat had this case first and failed. And so even when we say, listen, I talked about it. I did an episode of Cannon's class with Nick Cannon where I talked about these problems are bipartisan problems. It's not as simple as telling people vote. I'm going to vote. I want you to vote. But just saying vote, listen, people in Louisville voted for the Democratic district attorney who recused himself from the case because he's so pro-police. They voted for the mayor. They voted for the governor. People are voting. We have to we have to become more informed. We have to be more sophisticated in our approach of of politics and voting, because just telling people to vote. Listen, I'm not saying they are better Republican alternatives. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, but when we say vote blue, no matter who, I I don't say that phrase. But when people say that, that you can vote, you can vote an oppressor into office. And that's who Tom Wine is, the Democratic District Attorney of Louisville. He is an oppressor. He's just a Democratic oppressor who he failed this family first. That case needed to stay in Louisville. Instead, he gave the case to the Republican attorney general, who we know from the beginning was always going to was going to fumble this case. But tomorrow I'm going to share. We've worked all day to think of several very practical action steps that we can take moving forward. I actually think there's still three, at least three different ways that we can get justice. And again, I put justice in air quotes there. When I say justice for Breonna Taylor, what I mean is I think there's still at least three different ways we can hold the officers accountable. Um, Tomorrow, I'm going to break those down. I'm going to take two hours to break down the fine details of the case and to really explain how we can still get accountability It may take it may be into the next presidential administration. Uh, Hopefully it's not a Trump administration. But what if it is like we have to consider how do we get justice or accountability with the hand we're dealt? Um, There is a way for the local district attorney there. Listen, the officers who were not charged today because they weren't charged, there's no double jeopardy. So you can still come back and charge those officers for manslaughter or or reckless homicide. You can still go back and charge them. You you can only not charge them when they've been charged and then they were found not guilty. Those officers can go back and be charged. What happens if we pour our energy 
into getting a new district attorney in Louisville. What, what does that mean? There are there is a pathway for us to figure out if the people in power. Listen to me. If the people in power are not doing right by us, how do we build relationships and put people in power who will do right by us? Our organization, Real Justice, has helped to elect nearly 20 district attorneys all over the country. We can do this. We can do this work together. So I just want you to know is this fight's not over. And I don't, I don't mean that symbolically. There are lots of ways that we can still fight for accountability, responsibility, justice, change, change of policy. Each one of us needs to be fighting to have Brianna's law, which is a law banning no-knock warrants. You need that law in your city. And uh, let me turn the comments on for a second. And um, tell me, tell me what city you're from, because we need we need Brianna's law in your city, in your state. And it was the Louisville City Council passed Brianna's law banning no knock warrants. They passed that law unanimously. Republicans and Democrats came together. We can pass that law in your city, in your state, in Boston. We can pass it in Baltimore. I see you. In San Francisco, we can pass it. In D.C., we can pass it. Houston, uh, I see you. Here in New York, we can pass it. In Portland, Seattle, these are things we can do. In Buffalo, damn sure needs it, Nate. Dion, we need that in Atlanta. We can pass these things. And so, you know, there in Elk Grove, I see you from all over, all over the country. These are things we can do. We're not... In, in Baltimore and elsewhere, and Memphis definitely needs it. I know people who've been killed in no-knock raids in San Bernardino and Memphis. These are, th we, this battle's not over. That's right, Isaac. The battle's not over. And, and the bigger fight for deep systemic change is not over. In Anchorage, Alaska needs it. And, um, yeah, listen, somebody said something, you know, today Daniel Cameron denied it was a no-knock raid. No, it was a no-knock raid. Anytime you raid someone's home at one in the morning, that's a no-knock raid. Whether they banged on the door, they banged on the door and then ran in. Like, people had no idea who it was. They were in plain clothes. It was a no-knock raid. And those types of raids need to end all over the country. I'm just saying there are things, of, definitely in Milwaukee and Durham, I see you. We need to end those things all over the country. Tomorrow, I'm going to spend time breaking down how I think we can still hold these officers accountable and give us something substantive to fight for. Here's what I know. Isaac, if you're still here, I, I hope that we can. I, I know this matters to you a lot. And, and Isaac, you and I have talked about this. I think there's there is a federal civil rights case that could happen here. And it's way more likely that a, a Department of Justice overseen by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris would hold these officers accountable than the Trump administration. And um, so there is a civil rights case here to be had. And we have to talk about what that looks like. Listen, I've got to go. I'm glad that we were able to. Uh, to talk about some of this and some of what our options are. Um, it's okay. Listen, it's okay to cry. It's okay to, hold on a second. 
it's okay to cry. It's okay to scream. It's okay to be frustrated. It should have gone differently tonight, but you've heard me say this many, many times. This system was not built to give us justice. It was built to oppress us. This system is doing exactly what it was built and designed to do. Now we have to figure out how to radically change the system, to change its wiring, to change its purpose, to reconsider what public safety even looks like. And we can do this together, all right? Love and appreciate you all. I'm going to post this on my page. So if you got here later, want to hear the whole thing, you can hear it, all right? Take care, everybody. Break it down. Quality education activities should not be something only the rich can afford. This is Ray King, here to tell you about an opportunity that your family has to join My Family's Learning Co-op this school year. You may have heard of parents forming learning pods where they're hiring teachers to help privately educate a small group of their children this school year. Well, what my husband Sean and I have formed is similar, except it's super affordable, available to families all over the world, and will be focused on enrichment classes that will support your child's regular school or homeschool curriculum. Classes like poetry and protest, the civil rights movement taught by Sean, algebra help, dyeing fabrics with natural products, and so much more. I've designed this co-op to allow all of the children in your household to take as many classes as they want each week for as little as $50 a month. That's less than I pay for one trumpet class for just one of my kids each month. I'm also happy to announce that I've partnered with iRaise Girls and Boys International, a nonprofit serving the Bronx, New York, to offer their families free or nearly free admission to this co-op. But in order to do that, I need as many paying families to join as possible. So your co-op membership not only benefits your family, but supports the family in need as well. Finally, a major benefit of co-ops is the community that's built among kids and parents. We're all feeling a little more isolated this year as we're stuck spending way more time in the house than usual. And our kids are missing interaction with their friends from school and their friends from their extracurricular activities. Hands in Co-op will have private chat forms for parents and specialty interest groups for kids. Join our community now at patreon.com slash hands in co-op. The registration deadline is September 7th. So go to patreon.com slash hands in C-O-O-P now to join our learning community.